What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 246 of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Anton Six. Joining me today, we don't have anybody. Uh, I'm recording on an unusual day, and for video viewers, I'm in an unusual space. Uh, I just didn't want to miss a week of recording for you guys, so doing a solo episode. Uh, there were... A lot of things to talk about from this last week that we just didn't get to cover because everybody was busy helping me move here. Um, But there were some things I wanted to touch on before this weekend's episode where we'll be fully covering the Nintendo Direct and the PlayStation State of Play because I didn't get a chance to watch either of those as I was at work all day. Um, I will make time to watch them before... We record episode 247 and look forward to the whole cast reactions to that episode when we end up doing that. But for now, you just got me and some interesting stories. So one of the first stories I wanted to talk about was the new PS5 firmware, because nobody can stop me talking about PlayStation since it's just me. Uh, For the new PlayStation firmware, we got support for m2 ssds up to eight terabytes so i think the limit before might have been four terabytes uh i have a two terabyte in my playstation and so now they're upping the capacity that you're capable of having to eight terabytes which is always a welcome addition just in case you know you have a million dollars and want to buy a eight terabyte gen 4 m2 ssd you can do that now, and it'll work in your PlayStation. Or if you have old parts from a PC that you're trying to repurpose, it's just always more options. Uh, it's adding support for Dolby Atmos. So I know that that was one of the major advantages earlier in this generation that Xbox had over PlayStation. Uh, so getting the compatibility with Dolby Atmos devices is actually you know, closing the gap between PlayStation and Xbox a little bit on the feature front. We still don't have Quick Resume or Smart Delivery or any of those kind of -of back-of-the-box things that Xbox has, but, you know, slowly but surely the PlayStation is... the PlayStation 5 is coming to its own. I mean, we're almost three years into the life cycle of it. Hopefully, you know, we'll get Quick Resume soon, and the Switcher will actually be useful. Uh, then they added support for a second controller to be used as an assistant for accessibility purposes. I know that the Project Leonardo, I think it's called the PlayStation Access Controller, uh, that that was something that they touted with that, is that somebody else would be able to connect a dual sh- not a dual shock for a dual sense to your PlayStation and assist you in playing games. If there were any, like, quick time events or anything that uh people with different accessibility needs uh anything that the person with the accessibility problem they'd be able to get assistance from another person or use a different input method such as the access controller all as player one because right now like if i were to plug my fight stick into my playstation it would count as my player one controller and turn off my existing controller as player one so just being able to have multiple controllers under one profile on a playstation all counting as 
player one and not having to do any of the workarounds that you would have to do before to have multiple controllers under one profile. Uh, they added the ability to mute the PlayStation beep sound, so no more... I don't know if that came through on the mic, but I turned on my PlayStation and it was a beep. Sometimes I the beep is... It seems so loud that I can hear it from the other side of the house. Sometimes it feels like if I'm remote playing, like I, no matter what I do, I can't hear it. So uh, having the ability to mute that sound, you know, it's a, more option. I think I might keep mine on just as like a way for me. Like if I hit the button on my PlayStation and my monitor is not on that input, just to like have kind of uh, audio confirmation that something's happening. Uh, they're adding the ability to search within your game library, which is something that is going to be immensely helpful as far as like setting up new collections, finding specific things you're looking for, because right now <coughs> sorry uh, right now to find a specific title in your library for someone like me who has hundreds of games at my disposal at any given time in my PlayStation library, being able to search for the specific one that I want right now, I have to go through the PlayStation store search function at the top level of the system. And it'll just be convenient to say, I know I have this game. I'm searching for this game in particular. Let me just type in, let me just search specifically my library and not the entire PlayStation store. Um, and then they're adding a system UI haptic feedback. Um, I know that that's something that most people probably won't notice. Hopefully it's subtle enough that most people won't notice, but it'll be another thing to help with accessibility. It's just another way, like audio descriptions and like a lot of the different things that tech companies do to kind of reinforce like instead of visual indicators being your only way to interact with the console they're adding haptic features they their audio cues like i remember back on the ps3 i used to uh hook my ps3 up and would be able to navigate the menus and do whatever i needed to do just based off of the sounds the playstation made so that's something like maybe there will be people who become accustomed to navigating the UI of their PlayStation based on just the haptics. Um, so the other big story that I wanted to touch on is that Unity, the game engine company, has introduced a new fee to game install. So what it is 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 after a certain threshold of installs of your game that you will begin, developers will have to pay Unity 20 cents per install. Therefore, cutting into the profits of the game, cutting into sometimes a lot of, especially with indie developers, they're not backed by a publisher. They're not, they don't have this war chest of money. That It's just cutting into the fact that these smaller indie games are gaining popularity. Like, looking at a list of some of the more popular games made in Unity, 
Genshin Impact, Honkai Star Rail, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Fate Grand Order, Among Us, Fall Guys. Like, all of those are big games that people... And I think Pokemon Go is also on UD. And though a lot of those are free-to-play titles that they're not gaining their revenue from people purchasing the game. They're gaining their revenue from microtransactions within the game. And then part of the issue with that is if, let's say, Among Us, or I guess Genshin Impact would probably be the best example of this. You install Genshin Impact on your phone. You install Genshin Impact on your PC. You install Genshin Impact on your PlayStation. Just those three installs with the new fees that are supposed to go into effect January 1st, which hopefully they don't go into effect because game developers, like I have a couple different uh, things, Cult of the Lamb, the developers behind that, is going to be delisted on January 1st when these changes are supposed to go into effect. So if you want to purchase Cult of the Lamb, I highly recommend you do it before January 1st, just in case Unity decides to stick with this pricing structure. And looking at the situation, it doesn't like, for a long time, Unity was one of those. It was Unity and Unreal, and those are kind of your two options as far as developing a game, uh, big or small. Like, we'd see games as big as... Soul Hackers 2 out of Atlas still they didn't even pay the charge to remove the Unity logo the Unity splash screen from starting the game. So that's how ubiquitous of a engine it is and how many people use it. And so the other one that I wanted to highlight is Megacrit, the developers behind Slay the Slay This Fire. Fun game name to say with the list. The Megacrit team has been hard at work these past two plus years on a new game, but unlike with Slay the Spire, the engine we have been developing it in is Unity. The retroactive pricing structure of runtime fees is not only harmful in a myriad of ways to developers, especially indies, it is also a violation of trust. We believe Unity is fully aware of this, seeing as they have gone as far as to remove their terms of service from GitHub. Despite the immense amount of time and effort our team has already poured into developing development on our new title, we will begin migrating to a new engine unless the changes are completely reverted and the terms of service protection are put in place. We have never made a public statement before, and that's how badly you fucked up. And this is mega great tool to Unity. And so... It is something like uh, the little bit of game dev experience that I was able to get. Uh, I believe it was last year where I went and I took class on game development in Unity. And it was just kind of a one day thing. And I was able to play around with the tools a little bit. Uh, it seemed like a viable option for as like a lower barrier of entry to development. So like we could get more games from more diverse perspectives. And I know that there are a lot of indie games that run on Unity. I know that the, uh, Unity is one of those platforms that supports almost anything. Like, I remember just looking at the compatibility modules that they had within Unity and seeing PS4, PS, well, all the way back, PS3, PS4, PS5, PlayStation VR. We had, there was Oculus support. There, 
Unity games you will see everywhere. You'll see it from mobile, you'll see it in consoles, you'll see it on the PC. Like Unity is just that ubiquitous of a tool for development. It's... I, and this is coming from a place of not necessarily, like, the most informed decision. Or, like, I don't have necessarily the best information as I'm not a game developer. But it seemed like the second place only behind Unreal. And Unreal looks better and better every day. Like, Unreal is working to put those tools into more people's hands and they are not doing just kind of these boneheaded moves that Unity's been making. And so just looking at the situation like it's going to continue to evolve I highly recommend you just go and look into just game developer Twitter and just to see like individual developers' perspectives on how this is going to be affecting them and, like, their reaction to it because they're the people that require this tool, some of them to make their living, and it's just... the This new pricing structure is just horrible. This is something that's unprecedented, to my knowledge, in this space overall, and... Yeah, I... Hopefully that they see the outcry from the development community and decide to re reverse these decisions because it's not sustainable. Uh, I mean, they want to charge 20 cents per install to every developer, but think about things like Game Pass. Think about So if a developer gets a lump sum to put their game on Game Pass, so Sea of Stars is the example that I've been seeing thrown around a lot lately. Sea of Stars developed in Unity, uh, was uh, available on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium, as well as Xbox Game Pass, so that they received a lot of installs without people actually putting any monetary... without people having to actually pay for the game. And so, in my opinion, it's just overall what I'd say about this is that hopefully January 1st comes and goes and Unity stays in its current state and they reverse all of these proposed changes because it doesn't seem like this is beneficial to anybody except for the people at the top who are stand to benefit off of the backs of all of these developers that are just trying to use a tool set that's fairly common. Like I said earlier, I feel like it's the number two engine that I see games developed in. Like, it's Unreal Engine and, like, all these people pushing Unreal Engine 5 and, like, Fortnite, one of the games that I play most regularly is developed on Unreal Engine, but what I'd recommend is just look into a list of games developed in Unity, and if you've enjoyed any of these games, just think about how this cost is going to affect the developers going forward. Uh... The last thing that I wanted to talk about, because it's going to be a shorter than normal episode, and I really thought that I had been going longer, but only 15 minutes in, uh, I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet. Uh, the Paldean Pokemon were recently introduced in Pokemon Go, and as I occasionally play Pokemon Go, I started catching them, and I was like, you know, I really didn't give Scarlet 
a chance when it first came around. Uh, and I know 2023 is such a big year for games, I don't need to be playing an old game. But I just kind of had that itch to play not just Pokemon Go, but a light core Pokemon title. And I had hoped that the performance had improved because that was one of the factors keeping me from playing it. But I can say that I haven't had any bugs out of the game so far. Uh, But as far as the performance, it is not locked 30 frames per second. Uh, The amount of stutters and I haven't had the game hard crash yet, which is fortunate, but uh, with it being the first truly open world Pokemon game and full 360 degree camera control even in towns even in buildings uh you can tell that the switch is having a hard time running it and that the game still isn't fully up to par as on a technical standpoint so it's really interesting to see like i'd say so far i'm two gyms in and i've done one of the titan challenges which is like a wild pokemon on the tier it's kind of i want to say they were called totem pokemon in legends arceus uh so i'm you know a fourth of the way through the game probably not even that much because i haven't done any of the team star stuff and i don't know how many Titan Pokemon there are. I know they're the typical structure is eight gems and I've done two. But I've only done one of the Titans and I haven't done any of the Team Star stuff. Uh so but so far it is Pokemon. Like it's that simple JRPG that's extremely accessible. It's actually interesting. The Teal Mask DLC came out and that absolutely had no bearing on me checking the game out. It was really Pokemon Go. They got me to check the game out. And now... So what I started doing, I just wanted to experience the new Pokemon in the game because I've played every generation up until now. So in Pokemon Home, I have... I think I looked 2,800 plus Pokemon in Pokemon Home uh, when I checked earlier today. So what I started doing, and this became started becoming much more of a task than I anticipated, is I wanted to import all of the old Pokemon into Pokemon Scarlet. Um, that So all the old gen Pokemon, considering I have a complete dex in Pokemon Home, I wanted to just bring over as many things as I could. So I'd only really be battling and catching new Pokemon. And there's actually quite a wide range, like my entire team's new Pokemon. I imported all three starters because in Pokemon Home, as part of the login thing recently, I don't know how long this is lasting, I don't know how long this has been going on, but they gave you all three Paldean starters. So I chose Fuecoco as my starter, got through all the content that I've gotten through, and then was able to import the other two and kind of get them all three starters I have on their second form. So it's really interesting to see, but I imported, I'd say, about the first 200 out of 400 returning Pokemon, and it's really shown how many they brought over and how many new Pokemon there are, because I know this is a generation where we finally crossed a 1,000 Pokemon in the Pokedex. So, and the fact that the... Paldean decks 
is 400 strong, I'd say probably more than half of those are returning Pokemon, but the spots that the new Pokemon fill as far as, like, fleshing out this world and, like, some of the Pokemon that they have that are returning Pokemon make a lot of sense with the different typings and the different coverage and, like, I so I I think I'm still too early to give a full review of the game, um, but I've enjoyed what I've played so far, and I intend on continuing playing it because the next major game that I'm going to play is Spider-Man Two. Uh, I know I probably should be playing Zelda. I know I probably should be playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but just something called me to play Pokemon, and I've pretty much. Every night since I've had my desk set up post-move, because I moved last weekend, it's now Thursday, pretty much every night I've played, you know, about an hour of Pokemon, and it's just kind of, I'm playing my Switch in handheld mode, which you guys know, like, I almost never do that. Uh, I'm not streaming it, because I didn't feel like hooking up my capture card just to stream Pokemon, and then that would kind of, like, snowball into it being more of a thing where people are looking forward to seeing me do it and then not wanting to play off stream where like right now Scarlet is just kind of this handheld experience like it's capturing a lot of the magic that is the reason people including myself love the Pokemon franchise like it's not this super deep thousand hour ridiculous RPG it, but I mean, it has its depth, it has its complexity, but at the same time, I know I was able to go and beat the bug type gym and the grass type gym with my fire Pokemon, with my fire starter, just using type advantage to my advantage. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how the game progresses, how when I catch more of these Pokemon, experience more of what this game has to offer. Because so far, like, the early part of the game is very contained. Uh, But you can tell immediately after you finish a tutorial and you have your box legendary as a ride Pokemon, you start to see it open up. And so it's really interesting, and that's something that... I don't know. I... I got Chris to pick back up Violet, so we'll be able to trade for some of the new gen version exclusives if there are any, because all the lists that I saw about uh, version exclusive Pokemon were returning Pokemon, and considering I might do that after I record tonight, I might just go ahead and finish transferring uh, all the new gen Pokemon that not the new gen, the old gen Pokemon that I have in Pokemon Home, I might finish transferring them over and then continue on my journey to catch them all, you know, complete the Paldea Index and then see what the Teal Mask has to offer because uh, with Sword and Shield, I got the DLC pass, but never really, I didn't feel the urge to go back for, what was it? I know this is Teal Mask, uh, Scarlet and Violet get Teal Mask and Indigo Disc. But there's, um, it was the yellow one. Why can't I think of the name of the DLC? It was with, uh, Cub Fu. The Iron Isles? No, that, 
And then I know it was the Crown Tundra. So was the second one that I didn't touch whatsoever. So hopefully, you know, with me playing through the game, with this new content still fresh and people being more active with the game because of the content, so returning players coming back and me starting fresh and trying to progress through and not get caught in the weeds of trying to catch all the old-gen Pokemon, just focusing on the new-gen, evolving as many things as possible, you know, filling out that aspect of the Pokedex. It'll be interesting to see how I handle it. But I think that's about it. I feel like I've been rambling. I feel like I said, um, probably a million times. Uh, For people who stuck around this long, I'm developing a sty in my left eye. Uh, So if you saw my eye do any weird things during the video version, I apologize. Uh, It's something that happens fairly regularly to me don't know what causes it and then there's usually nothing i can do but wait them out so i'm in the process of treating it with ointment uh putting eye drops in my eye uh every night before i go to bed every morning before i leave to go to work uh but yeah this pretty face can't always be so pretty apparently uh well until next time this has been a no it's good production the video version is edited by lana twisted mind the audio version is edited by akum nisanti until next time when i return with the entire cast keep it cheesy